You're listening to the Sewing and Growing podcast and radio show with Jay and Jay. Welcome, everybody. We are in our 101st episode. Pastor Jonathan, yeah. Jay on the podcast, the other Jay, not me. Jay being Pastor Jonathan mentioned 101 Dalmatians. Yes. Um, I actually um, love my parents. They're amazing. They're godly representations of me. Just give me a second, man. (laughs) I was at their wedding. Um, I was born out of wedlock. Uh, They told me not to follow in their footsteps. Uh, But I was in their wedding and for their honeymoon, we all went in our tuxedos to 101 Dalmatians. The nice. movie in 1997. I remember nothing from my parents' wedding. Apparently, I didn't like my shoes. They hurt my feet, so I threw them <laughs> off in the wedding, and I walked around like the whole ceremony and picked my nose. Oh, man. But, hey, our experience in this podcast is going to be better than my experience at my parents' wedding, because apparently I was in a lot of discomfort. <laughs> this isn't going to be discomforting. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun, so let's let's get into it, man. Yeah. We're triple um, digits in these podcasts. Yeah, triple now. digits. No, I wanted to say something about weddings. Okay. Uh, I was the ring bearer at my aunt's wedding. I was very young. And I do remember the wedding, but I I thought they said the ring bear, like B-E-A-R. And I swore that like I was going to be like in a bear costume. I was like, I was very excited. And I remember going out to them. I'm like, just, I, I didn't say this, but. I, like I was like really clarifying, like just just so we're making sure. I just want some clarity on this. I'm gonna be the ring bear, like actual bear, and they thought I was saying bearer, and they were like, "Yes, yes, you are the ring bear," and I was amazed. I was on cloud nine. Then uh, I realized in the rehearsal that I didn't even get to hold the rings, and I had to wear a western wear shirt with one of those western ties. Like bolo tie, a bolo tie, with no rings. Like I didn't, ha- I didn't get to hold the rings at all. I just held a pillow that had something that looked like the rings, but they weren't the actual rings. Sounds like a big letdown. It was. Again, this podcast will not be a big letdown <laughs> okay. for us. Let's do yes. it. All right. So episode one hundred and one. I'm taking, uh, I'm taking the uh, front seat, the driver's seat. That's that's I'm, what it's called. I'm being the shotgun. Yeah, you're being shotgun. Um, on this episode, and I want to talk to you guys a little bit today. You're going to learn a few things, um, especially about photography. It's not about photography, but I am incorporating photography into this one. So the title of this uh, podcast today, episode 101, is called The Power of Perspective. Perspective, right? Gaining a Heavenly Outlook on Life. It sounds like a book Wow. by Jonathan Rossler, but it's not. It's a podcast by me. So and growing with change. So and growing. Okay. So... Let's talk about the power of perspective. Um, I'm just looking over at my notes versus John's notes. I got six pages of notes because I like to write out everything that I want to say. And he's really good at, at I'm, I'm not going to say wing it because wing it means unprepared. You are prepared, but you give yourself prompts and then you can talk on those prompts. I try. I don't think I always do well. I, I listen to how yours come out and I'm like, that sounds more professional. Well, it's because I read a lot of it, but so I'm just looking at my different notes. We're going to talk about perspective for different, for different folks. folks. All right. So in life, we, uh, we often find ourselves facing challenges. Okay. We face disappointments. We face setbacks. Raise your hand. If you had one of those today, I'm raising my hand. 
All right. So how we perceive and respond to these situations, they shape our experiences and they ultimately uh, are, they're a big determining factor in our joy and our fulfill, fulfillment in life. So perspective really is the lens through which we view the world and it plays a crucial role in our lives. So let's talk about perspective. I just mentioned the word lens, right? So imagine with me for a moment that you're holding in your hands a camera lens through which you view the world, right? This lens shapes how you interpret events. It influences your emotions. It guides your actions. Perspective can be defined this way. Sorry, we're both sniffling. I apologize. It's how we interpret and we make sense of the world around us. That's what perspective is. It's a combination of our beliefs, our values, our experiences, and attitudes. They all shape our understanding of the world. So we want to make sure that the lens that we're holding is the right lens. It's an accurate lens. Right before this podcast, I showed you a video of camera lenses. Like It was like 10 different styles and how they warped that, that image. It was pretty crazy, right? So let's dive into cameras for just a second. I'm going to nerd. I'm going to geek out for just a minute, but hopefully you learned something. So your lens is the most important part of your camera setup. You can have a $10,000 camera body. You can have what's called the Hasselblad camera, which is like the holy grail of cameras. They cost tens of thousands of dollars, but without the proper lens, you're going to have terrible images. In fact, the most expensive part of the camera setup is actually the lens. The body is the cheap part. And a lot of people want to spend the most money on the body. They want to get the newest camera, the, the one that has all the bells and whistles, the one with the crazy big image sensor. What are you going to say? So you're telling me if I want a camera starter pack, skimp on the actual body, yeah. go all out on the lens. Go all out on the lens, right? It's the main contributing factor of the quality of the image that you're going to produce. So without the proper lens or the right perspective, our perception becomes distorted and the images that we see in life are not going to be accurate. So the lens, again, that's our perspective, is one of the primary primary contributing factors to the quality of the life that we create. It determines whether we see beauty or possibilities, opportunities, or if we focus on limitations and difficulties. So when you observe a camera lens, when you look at a camera lens, you'll notice a number on that lens, and that's what it's a it's a representation of its focal length. It can range from 15 millimeters all the way up to 1,200 millimeters, okay? So the focal length plays a crucial role in altering the physiological impact of your images. That's what you saw in that Instagram reel I showed you. So as the number decreases, so is it small, like a 15 millimeter, the image widens. And we refer to these types of lenses as wide angle lenses. Sometimes you can have one that's called a pancake lens. However, uh, if you're taking portraits of people, these lenses can really distort the image, make them look like clowns, right? They got a huge nose, their, their face is squashed, they're disproportionate, right? They resemble like a clown. Um, but on the opposite end, the higher the number, you get a telephoto lens. This is what widens the image's perspective. So the most natural looking lens is the 50 millimeter lens. And this holds a special place in my heart. It's my favorite lens. We call it the nifty 50. 
So if you were to choose a single lens to accurately view the world, this would be the one, the Nifty 50. It captures the world way more genuinely and authentically. It portrays images uh, without distortion and without exaggeration. So if that's your one lens that you can take, that's the one. That's the go-to. That's the 50 millimeter. Okay, starter pack. Skimp on the body itself. Go all out on a 15 millimeter lens. Right. Well, we just changed lenses, but for however many years, we were filming video announcements on a nifty 50. Nifty 50. Ah, Come on, man. That even sounds right. I know. Then you have what's called the exposure triangle, right? It's the balance between aperture, shutter speed, ISO. They all need to be perfectly balanced in order to have an image that's properly exposed, which means not too bright, not too dark. And that actually determines whether the image is sharp or it's blurry. That's a whole nother subject, but there's a lot of factors that come into play into producing good images. But we're talking about perspective. Perspective is the lens in which you view the world. And if you do not have the right lens, images will be distorted. Okay, so from the moment that we wake up, our perspective, it colors our thoughts, it colors our emotions, our actions, it affects how we relate to other people, uh, how we handle challenges, and how we perceive ourselves. Proverbs 23, 7 says this, for as a man thinks in his heart, so is he, right? So let's talk about the impact of perspective. Our perspective, uh, well, I kind of just talked about the impact of perspective, but it really propels us uh, towards fulfilling uh or having fulfilling lives, like I said earlier, having joy in our lives, or uh, what's the opposite of joy? I'm having a brain despair. Fart. Despair. <laughs> Let me take a drink of water. Feel free to jump in. I, I know I'm talking a mile a minute. It's good. Keep it up. So, uh, wrong perspective, you know, causes us to miss out on the abundant life that God has in store for us. So let's talk scientifically a little bit. Neuroplasticity. Studies in neuroscience have shown that our brains, they possess this really as a remarkable ability to, uh, uh, to change over time. Neuroplasticity uh, means that our thought patterns and our perspectives can create new neuro connections and pathways in the brain. So by intentionally changing our perspective, we reshape and retrain our brain and create positive and lasting changes in our life. You know, there's games on your phone that you can you can download and it's all about neuroplasticity. It's true. The reason why toddlers learn the fastest is because they've studied their brain. The neuroplasticity of a child's brain is way higher than an adult's. So the older you get, the less malleable your brain is. But thank the Lord by the word of God and transforming our perspective by the word of God, we can actually change our neuro pathways. Isn't that cool? Very cool. So why just not, I mean, we don't want to just gain a different perspective. We want to gain the right perspective. We want to gain God's perspective. A bil- a Bilbo Baggins. Bilbo Baggins perspective. <laughs> he, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's good. <laughs> it just sounded like you so said Bilbo Baggins. Having a, a, a godly perspective is obviously essential for several reasons. Firstly, it allows us to see beyond the temporary, right? Um, we focus instead of on eternal promises of God. We fix our eyes on heavenly things. We gain strength. We gain hope. We build our faith. We gain perseverance. Colossians 3.2 says this, set your mind on things above, not on things of this earth, right? That's talking about shifting 
your perspective. Really, that scripture right there is actually talking about changing your whole view, right? So if you, I mean, it doesn't, doesn't matter what lens you have. If you're looking at a turd on the ground, it's not going to look good. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, positive psychology. So studies in positive psychology have uh, revealed that adopting a positive perspective can lead to increased well-being. Well, duh. Improved resilience and a better overall mo- uh, mental health. So positive psychology. That's just the power of thinking good thoughts, right? Meditating on things that are right. Uh, sounds a lot like the word of God. Sounds like right? Philippians 4.8. It does. I'm going to recite that in just a minute. So we need to transform our perspective. So now that we understand the the, the significance of godly perspective, we can explore uh, practical steps that we can take to change our perspective. So mindfulness, this sounds new age, but it's not. Mindfulness and meditation. I'm not talking about new age meditation. I'm talking about biblical meditation. You want to tell me what that is? Uh, well, under what the you, Hebrew... Yeah, it's talking about muttering yeah. and keeping the word of God in the forefront of your mind. Exactly. Right? I, I honestly think to not go new age stillness, I think is a biblical term. And maybe when people are talking about the equivalent of what new age people would call mindfulness in the Bible, there's a stillness heritage of the Bible. Right. And maybe it's not meditating, but being still and knowing that right. God is God and we've quoted in a previous podcast, I can't remember the name of it, but David said, I've become like a weaned child. Yeah. And uh, standing and being before the Lord in stillness, I think, can be a similar yeah. experience as mindfulness. So I'm not encouraging anything new age, uh, but when we talk about mindfulness and meditation, that practice is really getting still, like you said, getting quiet and emptying your mind of thoughts. Um, which if you change that into a biblical form of mindfulness and meditation, just piggybacking off of what you said, getting still, getting quiet with God, getting in a place of peace and replacing bad thoughts with good thoughts, right? Any thought that exalts itself above the knowledge of Christ, we take captive and we cast them out. The new age thought is the goal is absence of everything, falling into complete nothingness. The Christian representation of it is I'm becoming still and removing myself of thought so I can spend time with God and there's no distractions. Yeah. Yep. It's not the absence of something. It's the presence of the Holy spirit with you in that moment. Right. So they've even, you know, they've proven with, with scientific studies about being mindful and meditating. It actually does reduce stress. Um, um, it lowers your heart rate. There's a lot of different things. Um, but I've actually worn my Apple watch while I've meditated in the godly way and quieted, quieted myself in the mornings, guess what? My oxygen saturation goes up. My heart rate goes down. Perfect. So that's pretty awesome. That's great. So let's talk about cognitive bias modification. That's a really fancy phrase. Um, we'll, we'll break it down. It's really not as fancy as you think. Cognitive bias refers to the way our minds can veer off from rational thinking um, and objective uh objective judgment. So there's subjective, which means it's, it's being filtered through your own opinion or somebody else's. Right. And then there's objective, which can't really change. That's truth. 
Um, so it involves the tendency to interpret information in ways that may lead to errors in perception and decision-making. This is from Webster's. So being aware of these biases can help us make more accurate and objective judgments by questioning our thoughts and seeking diverse perspectives. Let me make a little statement about that last statement. Uh, you should question your own thoughts because a lot of times you think wrong. So that's why you, when you talk about seeking diverse perspectives, the only person, well, I mean, you can, you can have people around you that give you good perspectives, but I'm talking about the perspective that you need is a perspective of the word of God. So we modify our cognitive bias by meditating on objective truth. Right. It's like the quote that says, we don't see the world as it is. We see it as we are. So who we are determines how we see the world. But if you ask me with my bias, I would say I'm seeing the world perfectly as it is, but I'm right. not. We have to take the step back and say, I have to, before I look at the world, look at myself and see who I am. Right. And that's, that's a challenge. Yeah. And people have made some stupid mistakes along the way. Uh, I've been going through an audio book. I mentioned this, I think last podcast, but the seven habits of highly effective people, because one of my friends is going through it and we're kind of going to bounce ideas off of each other, but he just represents all these people throughout history who made statements that now in hindsight look completely stupid. Like Ptolemy saying that in 150 AD in Egypt, that the center of the whole universe is the earth. And he was, you know, stood on it. And then in the 1940s, the head of 20th Century Fox said that TV will not gain any market value because people don't want to just sit down and stare at a plywood box. And then oh, how wrong he was. The head of the Michigan Bank saying that the horse will remain the main way of transportation, wow. that the car and the vehicle will not gain anything, it'll pass by quickly. But they just saw it from their experiences yeah. and their biases. I know if someone gave you a 15 millimeter lens from the day you were born, I don't know why they would do that. It's an expensive lens to hand to a newborn. But you view your world through that lens. That's all you know. That's what you think is right. But here's the thing about a 15 millimeter lens. In order for something to look more normal, you have to be extremely close to it. If I were to film you on a 15 millimeter lens, I'd have to be right in front of your face, which is interesting. So I just think about like, if we're having to make excuses and justifications for our own perspective, uh, there's, it's probably wrong. Just thinking about like in order for my 15 millimeter lens to look accurate, I have to be that close to you. You know what I'm trying to say here? Like, ah, do I know what I'm trying to say here? I'm not sure. I you're actually know what that, you're trying to say. So if you have to alter a bunch of other things to make your perspective seem right, it's probably not right. We should think on that for a minute. Hmm. That, I got to say, uh, I got to, I got to meditate on that, chew on that one for a bit. <laughs> Let but me know if you understand what that means. I, the first step for me is just realizing, you know, my opinion of something isn't the ultimate opinion. I'll give you a great example. We're planning a conference. You and I liked a certain shirt. We presented yeah. a bunch of ideas. Hardly yeah. anybody liked our idea of the shirt right. and the ideas that the majority of people liked were the ones that we liked least. So the moment I go, this is the way it is, I'm sure of a positive. My family would be much more wealthy if my great-grandfather on my uh, grandmother's side, on my dad's side. So he was a wealthy man, and he was presented with the opportunity early on in Coca-Cola's 
birth to sow into the stock. Let's just say someone and grow and use that term. And he tasted, he said, this is disgusting. No one's going to like this. He wow. took his bias and put it on everyone's bias hmm. and he was wrong. It would have been probably beneficial to have his wife sip on it. Maybe have his kids sip on it. Maybe not back then because there was still probably cocaine in it. That wouldn't <laughs> have been a good thing, but man, he took his opinion of it yeah. and conveyed it to everyone. And that still is affecting my family today. Um, We're doing fine. I'm just trying to yeah, make a connection. Does this, that make sense? It does make sense. And this reminds me of another podcast we did a while ago called Reversing Absolutes. And it's about essentially what you were saying is taking your subjective opinion and trying to make it objective and force it on it. everyone else. That's it. So if you haven't, go back and listen to that one. That one's really cool. And there's a lot of similarities between this one and that one. Um so I'm going to re uh, not rephrase because I think I stated it just fine. I'm going to re-say this phrase. We modify our cognitive bias by meditating on objective truth. Philippians 4, verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, pure, lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Amen. So now we understand the significance of godly perspective. Just a few really easy practical steps on changing your perspective. Number one, you probably guessed it, is seek God's word. That's the objective truth I'm talking about. Immerse yourself in scripture. Allow it to shape your thoughts. Allow it to renew your mind. Scientific studies on neuroplasticity show that our brains have the ability to reorganize. So creating new neural connections and pathways we can adopt godly perspective. Number two, I said it earlier, practice biblical mindfulness and meditation. Maybe we should come up with new words for it. People might be getting hung up on it. But getting quiet and focusing on the word of God. I I like silence. Yeah. I just getting silent before the Lord because I like to talk. Right. I talk a lot. I talk over you sometimes on this podcast. Same. But two things that go well together and they're both very difficult for me is silence and solitude. I like it. Getting by yourself and getting quiet. There you go. Not in the absence of everything in the great universe. No, with the Holy Spirit and see what happens. Yeah. Set aside moments of silence and solitude. I'll throw another S in there. Stillness, right? Hey. To focus on God's presence. Number three, cultivate gratitude and optimism, right? Develop a habit of gratitude by regularly expressing your thankfulness to God. So me and my wife now practice this. I mean, it was from uh, Jim Hockaday, you know, every time we see a bald eagle. Because I love bald eagles. Like, I freak out. You it's are like a the, bald eagle, It's man. the American in me. I don't know what it is, but I'm like, oh, Glory. Like, I want to stand up and Did salute. Did I send you I that know. video of the lake? No. I got to show you this no. video. After the But podcast. every time we see a bald eagle, we're not, we don't just go, wow, look at that bald eagle. We say, Thank you, God, for that bald eagle. You know I love bald eagles. That's what You're that's giving what honor I'm, where honor is due? Giving honor where honor is due. Uh, so uh, cultivating and expressing thankfulness to God for his blessings in your life. Practice optimism. Think intentionally. Focus on positive aspects um, of situations. You know, we practice this in... In, in the work environment too, when we see a, a problem, Ooh, I, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to butcher it. It's the equation An issue. Ooh. I plus P equals yes. O issues I, plus problems perfect. equal <laughs> opportunity. Got it. Right. So you could like, man, I got a big issue here. Right. But I plus P 
sorry, equals O. <laughs> that is correct. An opportunity for a positive outcome, right? So if Which, it's something, go ahead. Changes, we're talking about perspective, changes your perspective of meetings because yeah. sometimes we get to a meeting and we don't want to bring up the issues and yeah. problems because we just see that as a dead end meeting and people are going to leave frustrated. But if we know that our perspective of the situation is we want to add to the table the issues and the right. problems because we know the end of the equation yeah. is the opportunity. I already have my lens set. The perspective yeah. of this meeting and the outcome of this meeting is going to be much different. I would say most opportunities in your life are going to be birthed from a problem that needs to be solved. So embrace that yeah. in your own life. You're like, man, this really sucks right now. I got an issue I have on the table right here. Guess what? You get that right lens, you get that 50 mil, you get that nifty 50, guess what? You're going to start seeing opportunities. Opportunities lead to new opportunities, lead to promotion, lead to a lot of good things, right? If you are able to seize those opportunities and actually... <laughs> lead to vacations in Palm Springs. Hey, <laughs> there you go. So um, trusting in God's faithfulness, you know, studies in positive psychology have revealed that gratitude and optimism, they also have profound effects on your mental well-being. I'm not going to state all those, but if you want, look them up. They're just people who are more grateful. They live longer. You can't control your ability to be happy right now, but you can control your opportunity to be grateful. And that gratefulness produces happiness in you. Can you say that again? It's not for me. It's from Andy Andrews, but he was talking about he said, choose to be happy every day. And people are, I can't choose to be happy. And he's like, you can't, but you can choose to be grateful. And it's scientifically proven that it'll make you happy. I love it. And the number five, pray for wisdom, pray for guidance, seek God's wisdom, uh, pray for it, right? If any man lacks wisdom, let him, let him ask and the Lord will give him liberally, give wisdom liberally, ask him to help you align your thoughts and your perspective with his truth, with his word. Um, you know, the, the Holy Spirit, he's our helper um, and he guides us and he can help us gain that godly perspective um, if we just surrender um, to his leading. So that's what I have on perspective today. So remember that changing our perspective, uh, most of the time is going to be a journey. It's not going to happen overnight, right? It requires intentional effort to surrender to God's transformative power, which is the word, which is the Holy Spirit, the spirit of wisdom. So you're just going to, you can change your perspective without the word of God, but it's probably the wrong camera lens, right? The only lens really that works is the lens of truth. It's God's word. It's the nifty 50. The Bible is the equivalent of the nifty 50. And I think, it. I just want to say this, and this can be my wisdom of the day. Are we going okay. into wisdom of the day? Yeah, let's you do sounded it. like you were on the downward trend to the yes. wisdom of the day. I operate in this and endeavor to operate in this the most when it comes to opportunities to be offended and the Holy Spirit steps in because I think one of the best perspectives and godly perspectives you can have is the perspective of love and the Holy Spirit in accordance to Romans 5 sheds that love all over our heart and if you look at 1 Corinthians 13 the love chapter and I believe it's in the amplified translation it says that it's ever ready to believe the best in every person yeah. which is a perspective change. So often yeah. I believe that what people say to me, I know the perspective of why they're saying to me, they said that yeah. nasty thing and they're thinking this and nine out of 10 times, maybe more 9.7 out of that, that perspective is off and the Holy spirit without airing that person's dirty laundry will give me an opportunity to see the situation 
of the person who said the hurtful thing in a different light that removes the offense from my heart. That's and good. Stephen Covey, this I think of this a lot, again, from that book. Have you ever heard the subway story that he, he tells? <laughs> he was in a New York subway one day and he's sitting in the subway and there's a father with two children and the two children are running up and down the subway, pulling on people's clothes, screaming, yelling. And Stephen Covey's sitting there and he's getting more and more frustrated because the father just has his head down, just sitting, letting it happen. These kids are screaming, running up and down, uh, talking to random strangers, pulling on their clothes. And eventually Stephen Covey gets so frustrated. He goes up to the father and says, hey, I've happened to notice that your children are acting quite unruly and are actually disturbing some of the riders of this subway. And the father goes, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I'm sorry. We just left the hospital an hour ago and we lost their mother and my wife. And I guess I just don't know how to handle the situation and neither do my children. And he said in a moment, his lens, his perspective changed and he went from anger and frustration to compassion. And I believe sometimes without even asking by the word of knowledge and word of wisdom, by the gifts of the Holy Spirit, he'll give you a perspective on the person yeah. that changes your heart from offense right. to compassion. And that change of perspective was really more about gaining more knowledge, it, gaining the whole story, right? And I think about the the term, you're missing the forest for the trees. When you're so close to something, you don't see the big picture. Again, going back to having the wrong lens, having to be that close to the subject, you don't see there everything you know. that's in the frame. You wrapped up that thought. Heck yeah. Ooh. You just have to get closer to that person <laughs> and what they're doing. I just said, heck yeah. That's all right. <laughs> um no that's good uh what was i gonna say i was gonna say something what's your wisdom of the day that. no well oh, it, no. it was gonna be nope not going there dude <laughs> um about what you were saying um well i think i already said it i just got thrown off by heck yeah oh that's the third time i've said it um, I love that. Um, just understanding the importance, like if we're comparing perspective to a camera lens, um, if you have the wrong lens, you'll think you're seeing something accurately, but you're actually not. It's distorting your image. So understanding that proper perspective or improper perspective is going to distort the way that you see the world around you, the way that you see and view people. Like you were talking about that man on the subway. It, it's the first step. And I think you can biblically yeah. say that from Romans 12, because we yeah. want to fulfill the perfect will of God in our life. And a lot of times we would go, okay, what behaviors do I need to change? But Paul right. doesn't say that. He says, renew your minds to the word of God. Right. That's the lens. That's how you get your lens right. The first step to the transformation of your life has to do with your perspective of life being shaped yeah. and viewed yeah. through the word of God. Yeah. And just the, the phrase I said earlier that we modify our cognitive bias by meditating on objective truth. So not just meditating on anything. You got to find things in life that are objective. You got to find the anchor. Yeah. You got to find the anchor. You got to find the nifty 50. And that is the word of God. And I'll say this too, you know, my steps that I took very practical things you've probably heard a lot before, but a mistake that I make is always trying to find something new. Like I need a, right? I need a fresh perspective. 
But if we're looking at perspective, the object that you're looking at is still the same thing. You're just looking at it from a new way. You don't so, got to find a new golden you, nugget. You just right. got to refine the so one people you got. Are, they, they mistakenly say, I need new perspective. But what they're actually trying to look for is a new golden nugget. But the golden nugget's there. It's, it's valuable. It's worth something. So even if you heard it before, pray for fresh perspective on those points. Because you can search and you can listen to a lot of other podcasts and read a lot of other books. And you probably find maybe some different ways to cultivate new perspective and gratitude, but it doesn't get any more simple or basic than those steps. And it's easier said than done, right? Practicing mindfulness, getting still, silence, solitude. Like we know that kind of stuff, but how often are we doing it? So I just encourage you, don't just pass over those points, but think about how you can apply them and it will help you. That's all I got. Awesome, man. Can I pray us out of this podcast? Yes, you may. Father God, thank you so much for being objective. You are true and we can anchor ourselves to you. And as we do, as we spend time with you, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, we are transformed and our perspectives are transformed. So I confess, I declare, and I sow by the words of my mouth that our perspective on this world will be your eyes. Give me your eyes. Um, Pastor Jonathan just prayed that out the other day in the staff, that we would have your eyes for this world so we would see what you see and we would do what you do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, y'all. Thanks for joining us on the journey of perspective. Go get yourself a 50 mil. Actually, don't. 50 mil sounds kind of like 50 million. <laughs> you, can go, you can go do that. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> All right. Uh, we'll catch you next time on episode 102 of the Sewing and Growing Podcast.